Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, welcome to Daily Cyber. My name is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive. Uh, today, we're going to be actually talking about life hacks for being in the cybersecurity. I think uh, a lot of questions I'm getting right now is, how do I get into jobs? How do I maintain my career? How do I you know, keep pushing with studying and, and you know, family and everything along that line? So we're going to talk about a lot of cybersecurity kind of hacks, things that you need to do to be successful in cybersecurity, but also how to balance it out with your life just because there's a lot going on right now. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Awesome, awesome. I see a lot of good questions coming in. Uh, I'd like to thank the Cyber and Security Network and community, you know, everyone that's coming out. I see a lot of people coming out for today's episode. Share this right now out with your friends, your colleagues. I mean, our community really wants to help you to excel in the cybersecurity career. If you're just starting out to someone that's senior in the industry and wants to change and transition, we're really here to really help you get to that next level, whatever that next level may be, right? Especially when it comes to cybersecurity. So right now, if you guys see in the actual community, you see a poll running. We're really going to talk about life hacks today to make sure that you're, you're balancing out when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, so the question is, what is your number one life hack in cybersecurity? Right? Do you get lots of sleep, exercise, lots of breaks, or do you just say, screw it, I'm going to push through it? Right? Fill out the poll. I want to kind of see where you guys are at. Um, it's really important to have that balance. So I'm going to jump in a few questions, and then I'm really going to get into kind of really the topic of this this episode so please ask lots of questions doesn't matter what your questions are this is ama ask me anything uh things i'm doing things i'm reading you name it puppies you doesn't matter right ask me anything uh first question we got here is for marcel murphy i i started actually hold on let me see just make sure that's the first one yeah marcel murphy i started uh bandwidth on over uh over the wire and good place to learn see capture the flag I think it is. I think there's a lot of great places to learn right now. Uh, you've got Hack uh, hack the Box. You've got uh, IE. There's lots of great things. The the key thing, and I want to put that out there, and I'm, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not a pen tester. I talk to a lot of guys in the team and different areas of guys that are pen testers. I have Joel, who's a threat hunter, pen tester that we do uh, CISSP study group, cutting into cybersecurity. All it really, the best thing is do is get hands on keyboard. Doesn't matter where it is, right? Get hands on keyboard and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. 
that's where you're going to get the best experience and trial and error. And it's going to be coming down to failing successfully. And what I mean by that is you're going to fail. You're going to have to Google things, ask a friend, read a book, whatever that may be to learn how to do it. Come out here, you know, ask Neil, uh, ask, uh, sec it guy, whatever that may be, ask, ask, ask. And these guys will help you learn and you'll do it and you'll learn and you'll do it and you'll learn. And eventually you'll look back two months, three months ahead and you're going to go, yeah, I know quite a bit. And it's because of the sweat equity you put in. So doesn't matter where you're going right now. I'll be honest with you, especially with these, these different sites, just as long as you get hands on keyboard, you keep practicing. Uh, Null Zen, uh, quick question, a job title of cloud security assurance. What would that most likely involve? Good question. I'm going to look that up because I want to be, I want to be sure when you look at cloud security, of course, you're going to look at looking over the cloud administration, right? Making sure the architecture is set up, making sure the policies, the procedures, the administrative controls, they have their bucket set up properly. You're looking all, all of that, you know, at a first glance, but I, I want to actually look at the job specification for a cloud uh, security assurance. See what that actually means, right? Just to make sure we're on the same page, because I don't want to give you uh, cloud assurance powered by cloud assurance. Okay, that's just actually the technology. Let me look that up for you. I'm, I'll look that up and I'll get back to you uh, as we go. Uh, next one, OXML, OXML, uh, MLNK, cyber, cyber security. Hey, some advice for uh, SecOps and course books. That would be a good question for Neil. I don't know too much about SecOps in the sense of security operations, in the sense that for threat hunting and things along that, when you're talking about security operations in the sense of um, SOC, things like that, I can completely answer that. But when you're looking at like threat hunting, uh, threat intelligence, things like that, SecIT would be great for that. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Neil would be great for that. Uh, check for books. Look on Safari on uh, Safari Books Online. I think it's uh, Wiley's now. Look on there. There's a lot of great resources of any type of IT cybersecurity books. That's kind of my go-to. I think it's $39, $49 a month. And it's a database of books that you can grab. I, I mean, anything I'm studying right now, anything I'm looking at, Safari Books Online, I'm just kind of going through and saying, hey, I needed this. Boom, and it's there. I find a lot of resources. And it's cost-effective. Depending if you work for a company, too, a lot of times because you have um, education plans, they pay for things like that because it's it's a low cost as long as you're educating yourself. So Safari Books Online is a great a great area to look for anything, any books like that. And then when I, when I say like looking at, you know, threat hunting, things along that line, just Google it. Ask, ask the team, ask everyone in the network, uh, in the community, go to, uh, discord, the discord group, and I'll get uh, sec it guys to put that in the chat as well. Go there. Ask those guys, a lot of great pen testers, guys that do a lot of very advanced threat hunting things along that line. So I think that will help. Uh, next question. Uh, Tabadak, uh, I want to get into cybersecurity. What's the best subject to focus on as there, as as there are many with just saying it hmm okay so really good question here i'm going to turn this back on you because this is about you and your your career what do you like right do you like you know iot do you like coding do you like pen testing do you like 
uh threat hunting do you like policies procedures and governance which not a lot of people like uh very dry um do you like consulting do you like sales like what area do you are like i'm interested i'm really interested like if you go through i'm going to use this as an example say you go through comptia and you kind of look at the what's the overview for security plus and you kind of look in those areas and kind of go hmm that's kind of interesting nope i don't want to do that i don't want to do that that's not interesting as you're going through that are you kind of going you know what that's that's the one that's the one i'm i'm interested in what is that for you let me know comment and then i can give you some more advice and recommendations now guys again put a lot of questions in the in the community uh in the chat i'm here to answer all your questions i see some good ones coming in that's awesome keep them coming uh give me a second here uh cloud security assurance digital marketing it's actually sound cloud assurance it looks like it's a company and it's, it's a little bit of a marketing strategy you know give me a second here i'm going to show you guys what i'm looking at so you guys can kind of see my window so as you're looking through here i'll bring this on the screen here so as you can see here i'm looking at cloud assurance and just bring this up and you can see here like digital marketing cloud security assurance uh sounds like a little bit of a marketing term too right uh let me look this up for your cloud assurance position see if it comes up with a job site yeah here's one from indeed cloud uh, associate cloud assurance so you're looking at uh, close that co-father role work of uh, the team assessing the security and compliance of of a client's firm uh, against regulatory and industry requirements so do they have to have ISO 27001, PCI compliance? There's other different regulations and compliance depending on industry standards. You're going to have to be aware of that. Uh, and then you have to make sure that you're following the controls for best practice when it comes to cloud. Uh, partner closely in experience project lead, assigned, uh, work with closely senior management, execute ex uh, exam, interview, and test procedures in accordance with the proper controls and compliance. We already kind of talked about that policies just like here uh pursue performance conclusions delivery inquiries procedures so it looks like it you're basically looking at the controls that certain compliance have right and then you're making sure those controls are met on the cloud right so that's what i'm seeing with the cloud security assurance uh and then you're probably gonna have to write policies and procedures and things along that line and got and and make sure everything is secure one technically as well as have administrative controls to be able to combine that so hopefully that answers your question let me know if you have a follow-up question to that uh how secure is pretty good privacy uh i'm not talking about apps uh text being encrypted while with keys okay so pretty good privacy what we're finding right now and in kind of the industry was talking about and I'm, I'm waiting to really see, and let's, I'll be honest with you, I'm really waiting to see where this plays out. There's this big concern about, you know, quantum encryption and, and, and you know, quantum computers right now. And how's that going to be? I'm going to say right now, there's good levels of encryption right now when you look at pretty good privacy and things along that line. But we have to see what's going to happen in the next year to two years. If the quantum computers and starts to evolve in that way, what's going to happen is all encryption is going to change 
We're going to have to look at the new catchphrase. You know how we always see, and you guys have seen as well, next generation, you know, you know, technology. What we're going to start seeing, I think it's quantum resilience, quantum proof, you know, encryption. So we're going to start to see those start to come out and we have to see who starts to implement those, who starts to deploy them. And then we're going to look at data at rest, data in motion. So it's going to be a whole new thing that, you know, keep your, your eyes out and your ears to the ground see what happens. As, as I hear, I'm going to start really telling people what I'm hearing. Uh, there's a company, uh, CW's Systems. I'm keeping my eye on and have a little bit of a relationship with Usado. It's uh, the TCU Alliance. And what we're doing is I'm keeping an ear on what they're doing and how they're connecting. I know right now they're talking about securing drones, uh, looking at data, I'm trying to think as they now they've got, I think a relationship with another company they're looking at securing traffic. So a lot of things they are looking at, especially on quantum resilience, they call it. So we'll see how that pans out. Let me know if you have any more questions about that. Uh, acronym zero. Can you, can you think of a simple example of hardware hacking that would be uh, be art, do you mean part or oh, art for art approach? So, anything actually useful? I want to get into the topic, but can't find uh, goals, motivations, execute uh, to go for. I would ask Neil more about that. I'm not too familiar with that. And Sec IT guy, do you know? Let me know if you know, if you want to comment to that. I'm not too familiar with art to art approach. Uh, regime 2099, Hackman. Uh, Hackman lie is cool, but uh, it's cool, but no attention. Love to policy risk management governance as a net engineer that doesn't want to start over uh, as an analyst. It seems like the smarter, higher payer route. Uh, do you agree? Okay, uh, but no attention to love policy. See, when you're looking at these jobs and, and where you want to go, here's some here's some keys that I know. One be an expert in whatever area you're in know it inside and out and know the what's that next thing coming out so if you're pen testing iot if you're blue team setting up infrastructures firewalls things like that know that next thing if you're a cloud you know security analyst or security architecture or engineer know that inside and out these are the guys that get paid the most right so when you're looking at you know Policies, procedures, risk management, governments, you, you, you know you're hearing, depending if where you are in the world, you know you're hearing like the CMMC, uh, the NIST framework, ISO 27001, PCI compliance, all these frameworks, companies constantly have to go through compliance, right? To have an expert that understands them and understands the controls and to be able to articulate it in an easy, understandable way and roadmap it for companies is so important. So when you're looking at that right now, it's it's essential to have that expertise. So, you know, I, you know, you're saying as a network engineer that doesn't want to start over as an as an analyst, I would combine it, right? As a network engineer, I would look at what, and I'm just I'm just talking this out loud here. If you're a network engineer, I would look at what controls need to be put in place in your environment, and then start talking about those. Start learning about them. Learn learn about them. Talk about them. Learn about them. Talk about. Uh, was it was I think it was the acronym fast forget I'll have to remember that forget something and then teach I'll remember I'll remember in a second but there's an acronym that says called fast we want to forget everything you know right now in the environment you want to go through 
and take action. That's what it is. A is action, right? You want to take action to learn, learn how in your new framework, how you're going to apply that, how you're going to take action, right? Then go through studying and then go through teaching, right? Teach it to someone, teach what you're learning, teach it to your, your boss, teach it to your colleagues, teach it to people around, start really talking about it. And that's going to help you go to that next level and be an expert in your area because you probably have a great environment being a, a network engineer to look at everything about it. What needs to be secure? What needs to be hardened? What's the governance of it? Once you start asking lots of questions, it's going to be crazy. You're going to learn so much. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that helps. Keep the questions coming. Okay, so I want to go through this poll here. Uh, so I answered, yeah, I answered your question uh, about the cloud security assurance. So the poll that I had up there, you guys were were going to answer my question. You know, what is your number one hack for life in cybersecurity? Lots of sleep, exercise, lots of breaks, or just push through it. We got right now 38% said uh, lots of sleep. Good. Rest is so important. Rest is extremely important because it helps with the, the mind. The more you're rested, the more you can think and repair and, 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 you know, troubleshoot, which all of us do. We're constantly troubleshooting, you know, troubleshooting what we're going through, what we're learning in, you know, even doing, you know, bench fixes for our environment. A lot of times things are not, you know, out of the box solutions. You know, how many people, you know, how many of you guys have run into that where you're like, oh, it's supposed to work like that. And now what happens is now you have to go through this whole troubleshooting of trying to figure this out of forms and colleagues and people and maybe you're working with the the manufacturer all trying to figure out that oh if you do this with that then it's going to work and then it's like oh my god now i know there's situations i remember working in the interior government where we would go for months of troubleshooting they'd have the experts there and they would have to write scripts and codes and all that and then be able to go boom now it works and then there'd be an update there'd be a patch and it'd screw everything up and then have to go and figure that out again. So a lot of these systems that you, you and I are working on, right? And, and you know, consulting and doing all that, you're going to be doing the same thing as trying to figure this out and troubleshooting. So if you have enough sleep, you're going to be able to be rested well. So you can troubleshoot and then your stress levels will be lower. So when the shit hits the fan, I'm going to call it out there and everyone's looking at you or looking at your team or looking at your company kind of going, what are you guys going to do? You can be the calm one in the room going, okay. My team's going to figure this out, you know, and we're going to do this versus, holy shit, what am I going to do? Right. What's going to happen? And I've seen that a lot. I've seen that many, too many times where people are just like the, the, the emotions increase and you can tell they're tired, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed. And it's just hits the, hits that ceiling. And then that's it. Now people are arguing when they really shouldn't be, um, keep them coming. So reason why I wanted to bring this up, the life hacks, I find everything that's going on with the pandemic right now. People are tired. They're tired. They're fatigued. They're trying to go to that next level. Like all you guys are trying to do right now, right? Like you, you were trying to do, I'm sure, right? You're studying, you've got family, everything's going on. And it's just like, ah, how do I get to the next level? People are doing, sending me great information about job interviews and uh, things are going on. Um, just trying to pull up one just now. I had a message today. Uh, one of the amazing guys was David sent me a message about, you know, he was, applied for a job, you know, is, is ready to, to go and just, just waiting, just waiting. And this is the thing is we don't know on the other side, the interviewer, their team, the management, something might've happened in the, in the business. So sometimes you have to be patient and then it's just like, ah, you got to breathe. Right. So 
the best thing with that when you're when you're looking at those things is take your time apply for as many jobs you can right don't always rely on just one and hustle get out there uh, i was talking to neil the other day and he was making a, a great comment is that you know as you're growing and going in the industry you're apply to five or six different companies right don't rely on just one because something might change and it's they might transition they might you know have a little bit of a budget cut whatever that may be so that you have an opportunity that you're not just relying on just one so what i would say to hack the industry right especially guys starting out is blanket it like figure 20 companies that you want to work for 20 positions right go out there and just apply apply connect build up relation build up rapport and really kind of do that in the way that now it's like you have 20 different interviews right you have 20 different opportunities and hopefully it narrows down to you have five offers that you can kind of say which one do i want to take which is the best one for me and then you keep growing you keep building get some experience work in the industry and then just keep growing certifications and do that right so there's a lot going on there when it comes to growing and building but i want to make sure you take care of yourself you see for example like neil right and i've been sitting in my chair all day i'm kind of stiff so you see what happens with neil right you see he's getting back to the gym you know he's doing that i can't even go to the gym i had to make a gym at home but i have to like work out like in the morning just to get my workouts get the energy up kind of get that you know prepare myself for the day because in my day it comes and goes like there's days that are high impact lots of things are doing and there's days where i can see that feel that three o'clock crash right all of us have had it where you're sitting there going you're doing the same thing over and over again kind of it's mundane you're sitting there like oh it's three o'clock you're like oh is, is it six is it done yet and you're like i'm i'm tired i'm done right so what i try to do is build up as, as much energy as i can as you can tell i'm a high energy person i try to build up as much energy as i can so that i can sustain this life and kind of keep going so it's so important as you guys are, are growing in the industry you take care of yourself or you're the number one asset right in your in your business i want to talk a little bit about business too to help you guys kind of get a mindset too around that uh so i got another question come in uh I'm a dev who recently came across a vulnerability in a in company's private API. I've written a bug report, but not quite sure if I if I should turn it over to the company because they have no bug bounty program, and I've heard a company could literally uh, could litigate for breaking the this terms of service, uh, terms and conditions. Anyone have any advice? Okay, so. Here, I got some kind of questions. I got some real things. First and foremost, is this the company you work for? If you work for and you find, you know, a vulnerability within the company and then you report it to senior management doing, doing that, I don't see a problem with that, right? Because what happens is you're protecting the, 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 the vulnerability and the risk of the company. And I don't think they'll fault you for that. Now, if you're outside of the company, and I want to put this out here rules of engagement right when you guys go into pen testing this is you know as a sales guy as someone does account executive and works with pen testing teams you have to have rules of engagement to pen test vulnerability test scan another person's network without authorization you can be held legally liable right because if you break down that machine or that network or you you compromise them in any way you've hacked them you've literally hacked them might not be intentional and might not be your you know what you wanted to do you might have just been you know trying to help them out 
but it, you have to have a contract rules engagement, a contract signed to be able to do any vulnerability pen testing on any company before you do that. I want to put that out there. Now, if it's your internal company and you find a vulnerability through the de development, you do all that and you come across something, of course, write a bug, a bug report, let them know, escalate it up through management, you know, say I have identified a vulnerability and then here's the catch. And I want to ask you this. I'm going to, I'm going to put this out to you, right? When you write that, write it, are you going to write it in the technical terms or are you going to present it in a business risk? I want to ask you that, right? If you've been watching the CISSP group and you're doing that, I, I hope you kind of get where I'm going with this, but if not comment in, in the community, I want you guys to have watched me for a while. Fe put feedback in that as well. I want you guys to kind of, you know, put comments as well. I want you guys to have this conversation because the one thing that's so important out of this is talking upper management's language, right? Technical. Yeah. There's a vulnerability and we're not following OWASP and this is what happened. And we found it's, it's, it's in, uh, C++, Java, whatever that may be. And there's, it, it leaves a vulnerability to the app, the code, the service, whatever that means, software as a service, infrastructure, whatever that may be, right? Not sure what it is. They'll go, mm, all right, right? And this, I'm talking about upper management. But if you say, look, there's a risk, there's a financial loss, it could affect our, our business in these ways. Now they kind of go, okay, hold on a second here. This is, this is something we might need to take a look at. So make sure as you're doing this, you know, bug report internally, you have some sort of executive summary, something that's going to identify what executives, higher ups need to know, right? If you have any questions about, please let us know. We'll, we'll help you out through that. Keep the questions coming, guys. This is great. Again, make sure you share this out with the community. So what I'm working on right now, and I'm going to get a little bit on a soapbox right now. What I'm working on right now is trying to really help people understand what's going on in cybersecurity because i'm sure you find this you find this all the time there's just so much right you got ransomware you got malware you've got what should you study what's going on here you've got all these different companies that are top of the line companies big big brand names and the new companies coming out of the, the woodworks that are you know giving good solutions and technologies and trying to figure out okay where should i spend my time where should i be focused on and being in sales, right, I'm all over the place. And the reason why it's not because I'm scattered, it's because so many companies are asking about so many different technologies. Um, for example, you know, you got McAfee, you got Semantic, you've got Cisco, you've got Checkpoint, Fortinet, you've got um, Securonics. I'm just trying to think of all these different companies. And each of them have their own niche and each of them have what they're working on. Right. And then you're on, I'm even thinking about intrusion, right? Threat hunting, Go Secure had uh, advanced threat protection uh, appliance. Like all these different ones, you have to really kind of have an idea and keep your ear to the ground. What's it doing? Like defense in depth, right? Is it a layered approach? Is it working with that? But the question comes to us security guys is where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our time to learn these and become experts in so that we're able to provide value? And this is what I'm saying. I'm getting on my soapbox. At the end of the day, you guys got to understand this. What is your value for the organization, right? What is your value for yourself? You first, you're the most important person in this world. Second, for the people you work with, your organization, what value you'll be able to provide them. 
And then third, what avail availability or value you're going to provide to like, you know, external people and things that you can help, like what we're doing right here, providing um, volunteer work and just, you know, giving back to the community, right? So really think about that. And I want you guys to take a break, take a pause for a second and see if you can answer that. What's what in cybersecurity, what do you provide value for yourself? Right. I know for me, it's the knowledge about business and cyber in business and cybersecurity. That's one thing I am like just consuming right now. And I think it's for me, it's so important. Such a passion is because when you have the technology, which keeps changing, you have a lot of smart technical people, the conversation between the technical people and the senior level people, it's almost like watching two people from foreign languages speak sometimes, right? Because they're not seeing eye to eye. Right? And it's like the IT guys and the cybersecurity guys know that this is essential, but the business people know there's like the business requirements, business needs, and they're not aligned. Right. So it's trying to figure that out. Now, don't get me wrong. You've got smart senior level management. You've got uh, CISOs, things like that, that can bridge that gap a lot of times, right? And especially in larger organizations, but we're still having that, that conversation where it's like, I don't know if we need it. And if we, we it's not important, don't worry about it. I had a conversation today. Right? It was in a conversation. I was in a meeting today where you can kind of see that they were just trying to meet certain lower standards because you know we're it's so overwhelming. No fault to the organization. It was just overwhelming, right? And you're kind of like, I get it. There's so much out there, so much to know. Right? And then it has experts like you guys that are strictly focused on the cybersecurity to be able to kind of go, you know what? Uh, here, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to a high level at a business level. And then if you want, I can go to a technical level. So that's why it's so important to be able to have that ability to be an expert in what you do, right? So you can you can teach it to someone starting out, someone, you know, starting out or maybe has a base knowledge, right? And this could be, like I said, senior level executives. You're talking to uh, human resources, CFOs, Chief oper operations officers, uh, chief marketing officers. Sometimes they are, they're not that technical, and that's okay. They're not as technical as you would be. Let's let's kind of clarify that. And sometimes you have to explain it to them so they get it, they understand, so they can buy in. Marketing people, we need marketing material. We need all that. This is what we do. Can you, let me know if you have any questions. How do I can explain that? The CFO, you know, how can how can I release you know money in your budget? you know, and have a project to align to that budget, right? And, and forecasting, because I don't understand it. I don't understand what it means, right? So you have to be able to explain that. So getting off my kind of soapbox there, it's just one of those things for me, it's a big discussion point because guys that are technical like you, you're, you're learning uh, really well. Having that ability to speak to them provides value to your 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 senior management provides value, value to the organization provides value to the clients that you work with i know some people are probably going you know what uh but i i'm a pen tester i'm this you're gonna talk to a client you're gonna talk to a client that is either one is business focus right and doesn't understand technology or is focused on something else that you're not aware of right now. So you being able to have that conversation is going to provide them so much value that they're going to go, you know, John, John gets me. John understands. Yeah, he understands the technical when I need to dive deep, but he understands my business. He understands what I'm doing. So it's like, it's key. It's so important to know that skill. Uh, Roman, Roman asked a question. What was your career path like leading up to where you are now? Okay. 
I had a, I had an interesting career path. So I went from, I'm going to give you kind of the, the fast overview of this. I went from working in warehouse, actually working as in a restaurant first McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's 14, 15 years old, you know, part-time job. How many people have done that McDonald's to warehousing. I worked a couple of year, years in warehousing to assistant manager at a warehouse, uh, said, you know what? I want to go into policing. I want to go into law enforcement. Thought it was a great idea, but I needed some real world experience. So all you guys kind of know that we're going to security, right? Went from there uh, into physical security. So I worked private security, working, you know, doing patrols around buildings, dicester swipes, you know, I had, a, you know, worked in some bad areas in Toronto, Jane and Finch, Flemington Park, kind of those areas. Ended up in the Sky Dome. And then I was like, you know what? It's not kind of really going where I want to go. Right. And then eventually what happened, I was like, you know what, let's, let me, I want to change found it 2000. I think it was 2000 it was starting to boom. A lot of courses coming out there. Not many, there was computer science degrees, but not many college courses around com computers, networking, things along that line. Found a, a course to try call try as college took a one year course passed that ended up working for bell simpatico doing uh home installations. That's the ISP here in, uh, depending on where you're in the world, that's um, the ISP. I think they're in, as well as in the States, but more in Canada. Going to people's houses, installing their, their network cards, getting their modem set up, making sure they connect to the internet. I said, okay, this sucks because I'm driving around the city. I'm working under people's desks, underneath their you know desks, basements, you name it. Just you know, It was just not that good of a job. It was the kind of the general labor job of IT. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start applying other other places. Got lucky, got into the Ontario government, worked at a help desk, and moved my up my way up to site services. Ended up saying, look, the government's not for me. After about five or six years of working there, went into holistics. Need to take care of my mind, my body. I was just really kind of frustrated. Did that for about six years. Uh, ended up in a clinic, uh, working as a clinical clinic the operations manager of a clinic. And then I was building up marketing plans and doing all that. And then I think it was around 2000, 2006, 2007, right? Uh, ended up at that point in time. It was interesting. At that time, the economy was kind of crashing. Things were going hard. So I started making marketing plans, video, blogs, you know, it's, you know anything I could do. And then we started to build. Well, we had weekend warrior business owners come in saying, Hey, like we have to book, you know, we have a two week waiting list to get, you know, we, the, the, uh, the clinic had a two week waiting list to have clients come in. So these clients were business owners say, Hey, what are you doing for marketing? I want to know. So they said, ask Brandon ended up one thing led to another one client for marketing, two clients for marketing, five clients and started building a marketing practice. Did that for 10 years said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to be in marketing anymore because, and this is what happened. There was a peak in marketing for me where I was like, oh my God, this is great. I have some expertise. I could talk about the business side of marketing and, and how it works and the analytics, the SEO, and you know how the advertising works on print, you name it, right across the board. Then what happened was I started getting people that were bidding against me, that were bidding from home in their basement, right? And then doing some things overseas. And it was like, I was coming in with a $25,000 bid, which, cause I had a team, I had 12 staff members. It was great. Then what happened was someone come in with a, like 25,000 bid and someone coming with 5,000. I'm like, how are they going to develop a website? 
have a Google ad campaign with all the ad expense, all that for $5,000. Well, then I started getting a call back. You know, the clients would go with them, right? The, the clients that, or the prospect would go with them, sign, do it, do it for 30 to 60 days and then come back and say, Hey, can you fix this for me? Can you do it for like, it's not 25. Can you do it for 15? Cause we lost like five to $10,000. And it's like, I can't do that. And I saw that more and more and more. And then while that was happening, I was noticing like a lot of the websites and things that I was working on, you know, over the years, like in this past, the clients that kind of, you know, really released, they wanted to manage their own website. They were coming back and telling us their website got hacked. So some of my web developers were actually unhacking websites, cleaning up, recoding them. Uh, some of them were WordPress. So it wasn't that hard. It was just, you know, restoring for backup, but some of them were custom designs. So then we had to recode them, HTML, CSS, uh, PHP. So recode them and go through it. But I was seeing this more and more. So I was like, okay, hold on a second. There's something going on here. Like most of our business now is transitioning to unhacking websites, recovering websites. So I was like, okay, let me kind of dive into this, what's going on. And then I opened up cybersecurity. It was like Pandora's box. You look around going, holy shit. Like, what is all this going on? Said, okay, you know what? I'm okay doing my business right now. It's really not flourishing. I'm going to actually see if I'm going to make a pivot. Closed down my business, said, screw it. Went into cybersecurity and uh, it was struggling. So I'm going to give you now a little bit of a longer story when it comes to cybersecurity because you guys are kind of, you know, some of you guys that are here are trying to break in and try to figure that out. So for me, it was like, I don't have a degree. I have a, a college diploma from Trias for network specialist. No cybersecurity experience, none at all. So how the hell am I supposed to get in the industry? I'm going looking at these jobs and these resumes and then, you know, these descriptions. And, and they're like, you don't have enough experience. Go back and get some experience first. And my recruiter to tell me first, go get a degree, a computer science degree. And I'm like, screw that. I don't have four years to go to a degree full time or eight. I think it was six years, four years at the time they were telling me it was four years, full time, six years, part time. I'm like, holy crap. I'm now have six years and then start looking and it's not going to give me cyber experience, cyber security experience. It's only going to give me an education in computer science. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not doing that. And that was years back. Right. So now it's expanded that there is actually cybersecurity degrees and things like that, which is, it's amazing. So from there, I was like, you know, screw this. How am I going to get in here? Like I'm looking around going, I'm screwed. I have no experience. I have no education. What are we going to do? Certification. Will that get me in? Maybe, but some of the certifications, as you guys know, you have to have so many years of experience to get the actual certifications. Um, CISSP, five years of, of experience in one of the eight domains. Well, I was like, shit, I can't get the C I get the CISSP and get the associate, but well, I can't get the actual CISSP because again, I have no experience. So I'm like, damn, I am screwed. So what did I do? You know what? Let me figure if I can go this another way. I created a video log. I said, here, I'm going to show you, share you my journey. And if you guys want to go to my YouTube channel, check this out. I'm going to share my journey of how I'm going to break into the industry. And what I did, I started interviewing experts. What are they doing? What's going on? What's, and ask them questions and just interview them. And what I'm learning and what I'm studying, what I'm working on. And then eventually what happened, that evolved for me to a point where I ended up at um, the Atlantic Security Conference up in Nova Scotia. And I met some people from GoSecure and they were like, we, we like what you're doing. 
right? Kind of you got the energy, you kind of you're excited, you're really kind of getting out there. Send us your resume. Send the resume. One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, boom, I got in the industry, I broke in, and I started in sales. And that's where I kind of stuck with it because I had a good a good feeling about sales because I got to touch all different technologies. I wasn't kind of narrowed down and then I got to meet new people. So it really kind of set my personality of who I am and what I want to do. So that's how I got to where I am now in the sense of go secure and then, and then moved on and moved uh, a couple of sales jobs. And now I'm working with Usado. but that's how I broke into the, the industry. Now how I'm maintaining it. That's ongoing studying, ongoing learning, hustling, still getting out there, still giving back. So, Hopefully that answered your question. Hopefully that, okay. I'm going to actually throw that out to you guys. Did that help any of you guys? Let me know, right? Suck IT guy. You don't have to actually, you know, do any response to that. Just put in the chat. Yes, that helped. Thank you so much. Just let me know. Okay. Uh, let's get back to some of these questions. Uh, what was your career path leading up to that? So I shared that. Uh, so since this is AMA, how's the weather? It's actually rainy in Toronto. I don't know. Let's let's throw this out here. People saying there's no global warming. I'm going to call them bullshit. We have like rain, sunny, and then all of a sudden it snows. Like and we're doing this like like in like a couple of weeks. I'm like this is crazy. You talking about there's no global warming? I mean, you just go look outside and try to guess the weather. I think and this is just my opinion, news people and people are trying to guess the weather are literally kind of doing this. Okay, well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to rain today. Like, I really think that is it now because I go out and I'm going, oh, it's going to be Sunday. Now it starts raining. And they go, zero chance of rain. It's like it's raining right now. Like, what's going on? So it's pretty crazy. Uh, Rice Gill, thanks for sharing your story, Brandon. My career has been all over the place for the last 15 years, too. Uh, I'm glad to hear that there is plenty of time to get where I want to be. Yes. Awesome. Keep it up. Let me ask you that. I'm going to throw this back at you because I want to see you excel. What do you need from us? How can we help you? I, if it wasn't for me, and and I kind of skipped a few steps here, as I was doing, and I'll and I'll, I said I I got to the Atlantic Security Conference. I ended up meeting someone online that got I got invited to HP a private security event because I was a so-called expert. Right. And I, and I put that out there so-called because I was doing these blogs and, you know, doing the video logs. And what happened was they said, we like what you're doing. Why don't you come out and, and come to this private event? The guys at the table that I was there with were like top of the line people. Right. I was sitting there, I was sitting there kind of going like, I don't even know if I should be or like, am I supposed to get the drinks? Like, uh, you know, these guys are experts in their field, NSA, X hackers, you name it. I'm like, Hi, I've got my security plus certification. All right. Thanks for, thanks for helping me come out. Right. And I'm saying they're kind of going, no, don't get me wrong in the room. I actually understood. Thanks for the security plus. Thankfully for the security plus exam and certification, I understood what was going on, what the, what the conversation was and was able to give back because all the interviews I did up to that point provided me so much value that I was able to say, oh, hold on a second. What, what about this? But hold on. What about that? And I was able to ask really good, uh, intelligent questions and then be able to have a conversation, which then two of the guys that were there, uh, Andrew, and I'm trying to think of the other person were one of the, were, were two of, I think six coordinators 
for the Security Atlantic Conference out in Nova Scotia. So they invited me to come out. Now they invited me to come out and they gave me a free pass. I still had to fly down there and pay for my, my hotel and food. But they invited me to come out and I was like, yeah. And then I met Ted uh, Demopoulos there. I met a few people, great people there. So that's how that all panned out for me. Uh, but yeah, it's just network, network, network. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, Bug M4N. Brandon, how do you... How do you thinking the spork change the restaurant injury? Oh, the spork. Nice. Okay. How do I think the spork changed the, the restaurant injury uh, industry? I'm wondering, okay, so let's throw this. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that. I'm wondering right now with the straw, like that family, that inventor who created the straw, I wonder how much money they have right now. I'll be honest with you. When I went to holistics, I actually have wood sporks, the the food and this the 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 fork all in one. I actually went to that. It wasn't as useful as I thought it would be, right? So I was thinking, okay, yeah, this is great. You know, you have a spoon, you have a fork, you can flip it over. Yeah, wasn't that useful? It was environmentally friendly. It helped in that, but wasn't very useful. And how I think it changed the industry. I think. I think we're still in this, and this is my opinion, being little spurt in the restaurant industry. I think what happens with it change in the industry is that now you're not wasting as much disposable, but they're still disposing of them. We've got to find a way of helping the environment, not disposing so much waste, right? Forks, spoons, all that. Now, don't get me wrong. If you go to a nice restaurant, there's, you know, metal forks and, you know, actual plates, but you go to ones where they have sporks, right? Most of the time they're disposing of those, right? So it's like, ah, right? So that's my take on sporks, but they're fun. They're fun to play with. Great concept idea for the environment, but yeah, I don't think they're, the execution really came out. Um, what's we got here? How did you get, get a starting job in cybersecurity? I'm 18, live in Brazil, my, but my country doesn't care much about security at all. Brazil. You know what? Cause you're 18. I want, I'm going to question you. I think they do. I think Brazil is concerned. I think any government company organization is concerned about security. When you say they're not, they're not concerned. Who are you asking? Uh, I'm actually do this. Uh, Brazil Cyber Security Acts. Let's see what we got here. I'm going to bring this up on the screen so you guys can see this. Do do do. Because I think Brazil, and this is just my opinion, right? Can change. We'll, we'll soon find out. I think Brazil has an interest in when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, brute force cyber cyber attacks on the rise in Brazil. Here's ZNet right there. So you got brute force uh, cyber in the rise in Brazil. So more than 2.6 billion attempts. Let's get this out of the screen. More attempts on cyber attacks have been recorded for cybersecurity firms, Fortinet, uh, across Latin America and the Caribbean. So I would say find out those who those companies are, right? Because just see if they're list any here. Brazil. Uh, Place Brazil third is a global ranking of the cybersecurity threat distrib uh, distributed via emails and ransomware. So look at that right there. So and we'll, I'll leave China out of that. 
Uh, another report uh, published in in March 2020 by Trend Micro placed Brazil third in in global ranking of cyber threats uh, distributed via email and ransomware. Uh, the same report listed Brazil as the the third country in the world. All right, for ransomware. Now, when you're saying they don't care, what I'm reading here is maybe the cybersecurity awareness, the programs are not where they need to be, which then they need someone like you to come up and say, hey, let me educate you why they're important. So I think there's a massive gap there. So as an 18-year-old breaking into the industry, I would say you have a massive, massive opportunity. Right? If they're they're not doing it, companies don't want to lose money. Just put it that way. Right? Companies do not want to lose money. So if you can save them money, guess what? You become a value. And this goes back to my my original question. What value do you bring right, to yourself, to the people you work with? Brazil, there, there's a value. If I spoke Portuguese right, and, and was able to do this, trust me, I would be like marketing important to, to Brazil right now. I would be telling them like, what do we need to help you save your organization and keep you secure right, so that you don't get breached and you keep making money, right? How can we protect your workers? How can we protect your, your company? What can we do? For X amount of price, I can come and consult. You now have potentially a big network of clients. Now you're making me think I might have to actually have to take up, you know, Portuguese, right? Because if that's the way, that might be a massive, you know, uh, gap in the industry right now, just even looking that up. I'm kind of thinking about that myself. Uh, next question here. Uh, any pra practical advice when it comes to be older and trying to break in, worried about the ageism issue? Be wise and listen. I think ageism comes in when, when, and I'm not saying it's not there, right? It's how you position yourself. If you position yourself as an expert in one area because of the wealth of knowledge experience and how you can save the money, how you can strategize, implement, do these great things because of your wisdom and your expertise, especially if you're, you're older, you probably have a lot of bumps and bruises and sweat equity in, in corporations and different environments that you can speak to where someone that's younger might not be able to speak to yet. They don't have that experience yet. So as you start doing that, what's going to happen is you can come in and say, look, I've been in this organization, this organization, I understand. I've set up this, I've done this, I've done these different things. And then what happens is you can draw out your level of expertise and how you're going to help the company in saving money, being more efficient, whatever that may be, especially when it comes to cybersecurity, understanding how companies have evolved and how transition plans happen. You I mean you've got so much wisdom you can you can pull from. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. I would be more concerned of how are you marketing yourself, how you're presenting yourself. Because if I came in and said, hey, you know what? And I'm just going to throw this out there. Say I'm 65 years old and I came into a meeting and said, you know what? I'm kind of older. I'm not really kind of you know knowledgeable about this area. Now I'm concerned. Like, Ugh. But I said, because of my knowledge of, the, of your industry and different corporate uh, companies and organizations, I have a wealth of knowledge on how these implement across multiple com companies and organizations. I've worked with senior level. I've helped deploy and, and do certain projects that will I can 
share with you my expertise and knowledge to make these more efficient. It's just positioning, right? So let me know if you have any questions. That I mean, again, we're here to help. Um, Marcel Murphy, any good cybersecurity podcasts? Lots of them. Um, I, what what area of cybersecurity do you want to have? Because there's Dr. Eric Cole has a great one. I'm trying to think, I'll actually bring up my list. There's Dr. Eric Cole has one. There is trying to think. Most of the ones. Most of the ones I listen to are more, um, I'm trying to think, more CISO level, management, anything along that line. I'm going to bring on my podcast. I'll show you guys. And then you can kind of see which podcast I have. I actually just updated my Mac, so uh, it's running a little slow. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, browse. So now top of charts. Do, do, do. Yeah, keep the questions coming. I'll pull this up for you guys so you can see. Uh, do, do. Don't laugh. Again, I'm going to give you guys a little insight of what I, I what I listen to. I even listen to myself sometimes. Um, local. Do, do Share the screen. I don't know why it's not coming up. There we go. Perfect. So you can see here, uh, breaking into cybersecurity. And you got the paranormal podcast. I like kind of supernatural stuff. Uh, Cyber 911, uh, down the security rabbit hole, the, the new CISO. I'm trying to think here. There was one. I'm trying to see if I can find Dr. Eric Cole. Uh, you can see Dark Neck Diaries is a really good one. Uh, Shared Security Show, Defense and Security Podcast. Insecurity 2020 22. Got a, a one of uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, you see Tony Robbins, Paul Security Weekly. I'm trying to think here. Where's that? Oh, uh, Cybersecurity Brief. Oh, there he is, Dr. Eric Cole. That's the one I really, I really like. Uh, he's got a lot of CISO stuff, a lot of CISO information. So that's some podcasts. But again, I mean, you can just pull it up and just search. Those are some that I've been recommending that I've been listening to. So hopefully that helps you out. Uh, next, I spent a lot of my adult life in, in as a, a military police officer. Thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate it oh, and everything you've done for us and our safety. Uh, how would you suggest transferring my skills for, uh, from that to cybersecurity? I understand harping, harping on investigation, technical techniques, and physical security. Do you have any thoughts? Yes. So first thing, reach out to Neil. Neil actually is, does a lot of things. And I think SecIT guy does as well. Do you? Do you work with veterans? Uh, let me know, SecIT guy. But I know Neil does. Neil, first and foremost, I want to throw out that that's available to you. If you email Neil, you go in uh, and let him know that you're a veteran. He helps a lot of veterans transition from the military into cybersecurity. My advice to you is thought process, not just skills like you have investigative techniques and physical skills but how would that would transfer think of that way I, you have skills and I'll, i'm, I'm going to word this for you because i had to do that when i was in physical security not to the extent of like yourself completely a lot more knowledge and experience i'm going to throw that right out there but i had to do patrols working with attack dogs uh you know arresting people and 
trespass to property acts was the thing that I could arrest people for. So I had to handcuff and arrest people. Funny thing is, I never thought I would have to do that. Crazy thing is, I did it almost in some of the areas frequently. So it was kind of scary that I think that I had to do that. But then I I took my skills and said, look, how can I how can I transfer those over first? I know how criminals think, right? If I'm gonna look at something, I know what their methodology is, what their thought process is, how they're gonna break in. So give you an example of a building, and you have this as an investigator. If you see a building, you see doors and access points, you know if it's the door is locked and there's a window there, they're gonna throw a uh, rock through the window because it's the easy uh, egress point and access. Throw it through the window. They know the response time is from five to 15 minutes for security or police to get there. They're going to be in and out, right? They know that. I'm not. They're not going to play with the door if there's a lock, a deadbolt and all that. They're going to go through the window, right? So use that methodology and thinking in that process now with security. Well, how would they hack this? How would they compromise the company? You know, how would they compromise that individual? How would they manipulate them? You know how people react. You know their emotions, psychologically, right? You put per a person in a fear state, you can manipulate them more, right? You know that through your training. So these are things that I would say is start taking that and now putting into and ask yourself good questions. How would I apply that to this? How would I apply that thinking to what I'm doing here and what I'm studying? You know, if you're reviewing or reading something, I don't know what you're covering right now. Let me know too, uh, Stun Rose. Let me know what you're studying because I'll give you some questions to ask yourself as you're studying. Like, and I'll just say pen testing. If I'm going to hack this uh, MacBook Pro, how would I hack it? How would a hacker hack this? What would I need to do? What would I need to learn to be able to do this efficiently? Right? You know, what would be my, my process to get the data out and not be seen, not be, you know, detected by antivirus, anti-mail? How would I do that? Now there's your checklist. So now you're going to think like you do. And then now you're going to go through it and you're going to be now say and apply and learn and, and apply your, your methodology of thinking and being a military police into what you do there. Right. And then you're going to look at, you've got policies, procedures and things like that. They just overlap, right? You've got that methodology and thinking. Now it's just overlapping and applying to what you're learning now. So let me know if that helped you out. And again, reach out to a uh, sec IT guy as well as Neil. We're, we're here to help you. Uh, stay blazing. Does anyone else start to learn certain areas in cybersecurity, enjoy it, but feel like it's a waste of time? And why is that? Okay. So let's get you the life of cybersecurity. Actually, I got some time here. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, right? I, I heard this story when I was going into IT, which is kind of funny. And it really hit home to me and made me um, realize where I'm at in life and in and studying in IT and cybersecurity. So his father is talking to his son and he's in, he's in junior school, junior middle school. And the son, you know, is going, and it, it was kind of, I think it was grade eight. He was graduating grade eight going, dad, I know everything. You know, I know the world. I know everything that's going on. I'm I'm ready to accomplish the world. He goes, okay, son, how about you go to college or university? You pick one, and then you come back. And when you graduate, you tell me what you know. So he goes, goes to college. Or actually, no, he goes to high school. Sorry, he goes to high school. Goes to high school, four years in high school, comes out in high school and goes, Dad, I know everything. I know everything that's going on. 
and this is what I, this is what I need to do, right? I, I I just need to go be successful in life, and I'm going to be able to do it. I know. God goes, okay, I want you to go to university, go to university, get an education and then come back and then tell me what, you know, goes to university, graduates from university, comes back and his head's down. He's going, and he goes, okay, what, what's wrong? What's going on, son? He goes, I know nothing. Cause what, what happened? What happened? Remember? They taught me how to think. They taught me all the stuff I have to learn. I thought I knew everything. I know nothing. He goes, great. Now, you know. And it was kind of that thing that we do in cybersecurity and IT security is this. You start to kind of progress through one thing, and now you answer one questions, one question, and 10 other questions come up. So you answer those 10 questions, and another 10 questions come up. And now you're going like, holy shit, like I just keep going deeper and deeper. Is there, is there like an answer? Is there something that's definitive that, that I'm done? There's a finishing point. The answer is no, you're going to keep learning. You're going to keep going there and going, ah, I really didn't think I needed to know that. And there's things that I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to learn and it's become obsolete by the time you finish learning it. It's going to be something that's new come out and, or they're going to come out with a new next generation, new technology. And you're going to go, shit, I spent six months and one year to learn this stuff. And now I'm not using it. Now I have to learn this new thing. And yes, the bridging the gap. And here's the secret of the bridging the gap is smaller. Right? Because what happens is you at least know the base and now it's the differences. And that's the secret of it, right? That's you're just going to keep learning. And then when something, what's going to happen where the, the aha moment's going to come in, someone's going to in a meeting, someone, a friend, colleague, business person is going to go, Hey, John, by the way, I had a question about this and you're going to go, shit, I know that here, let me explain it to you. Right. And it's just going to be this thing that you're just going to have this aha moment. Right. And it's going to be like, now you're going to be like grateful. That you spent that time and you learned that. But we all go through that. We all go through that scenario where you're thinking like, you know what? I wish, you know, I would I get this. I wish it'd be useful. And you sit there and you go, okay, so guys, we're going to use that. And they're like, no, we've switched. And you're like, really? <laughs> it's over? Okay, what's, <laughs> let's put that book away or that resource. Okay, what are we doing now? And it just keeps going. So take a deep breath. We've all been there. We're all going through it. Same scenario, same situation. Make sure you're learning stuff that you enjoy. That's the key of this. Anything I learned for business, anything I learned for cybersecurity relates to business, which I always tie it to, right? And tie it to what I'm doing. Then it's not a waste for me, at least. At least I've learned something new, right? Then it could be one of those things you don't need and you forget, right? You kind of put to the side or something that you might also now start using more. So Always learn what you need to learn for you or tie it to you. Your job, your future growth, your business, whatever you're doing, try to tie it to it. And then what happens is then you don't lose. You don't lose. You don't feel it's a waste of time because at least you learn something new that it relates or gives you value, right? And, that, and I'm going to put it back to there. So I've got a couple more minutes. Uh, sec IT guy was just telling me I got a little bit more time. Couple last questions, rapid fire. Let me know. Uh, let me know if there's anything I can answer you really quick. Uh, if not, and I'll give you like a couple more minutes. If not, what we'll do is uh, I'm just gonna give you some of my final thoughts. Oh, you know what? I actually I so enjoy this community and you guys. I really do. I learn. 
you guys might not know this, but from your questions, I learned so much from you guys, you know, maybe sometimes even more that I, I think you guys learned from me, right? From your questions, where you guys are thinking your process, you know, what you're looking at, it helps me. And I want to thank you. Like, really, I want to thank you guys for coming out, for sharing this time with me to be here, to having this experience with me. I like, it's, it's awesome. I'm learning so much for you guys. I just want to say, you know, thank you. So, uh, sec it guy, are we good? No more, no more questions. Just give him a second. Okay. Okay. So it looks like we're good. So final thoughts, just to let you guys know. Oh, just got a reminder. Uh, don't know who Neil has on. He's on at eight o'clock in an hour. Uh, give me a second here. I'm just actually checking to see if he has anyone on his stream. Um, if he has any guests, I don't see, uh, talk is on risk and GRC government and risk compliance. So, uh, with Alexandra San Miguel, so grab some, you know, take a bio break, grab a, a, you know, some lunch, some dinner, whatever, where you are in the world, grab some food, come back in about say 50 minutes. Five zero, uh, and then sit down, learn about risk and, and GRC. It's going to be a great conversation and ask lots of questions. Lots going on in that, in that area. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm getting the note. Uh, sec IT guy saying seven forty-five. come around seven forty-five. So about 40 minutes, come around then. Right. And ask lots of governance and risk and compliance controls. Okay. Guys, write this down. I'm going to give you the guys some questions to ask, ask what you need to know about controls especially when it comes to uh, the cybersecurity pen testing, things like that, the technical, ask what type of controls you need to know, right? And how does it relate to what you're learning, right? Again, tying this to what you guys are doing. If you guys are doing pen testing and vulnerability, how are those controls that you're, you're, you're now a pen tester and pen testing against and why you're going to that co corporation, why is that important? Ask that for yourselves. I want you guys to learn this, right? Because it's so important for you guys to do that. Uh, Ask about different, you know, governance and risks that, you know, you might need to be involved in or understand. So I'll throw you those questions, ask those, you know, and just make sure you get as much information as you can at 745. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Okay. So final thoughts. If you, doesn't matter where you are in, in your life right now, doesn't matter. You're 15 years old, 16 years old, starting in cybersecurity to your, you know, in your older years. 6065. If you're jumping into cybersecurity, get in there as quickly as possible. Start studying, get some certifications, and get in there as soon as possible. The reason why I'm saying that right now is there's such a resource shortage right now of, of really good, talented people that are passionate about cybersecurity like you that companies are looking for right now. And if you hustle now for the next six months to one year, you're going to be that person. You're going to be that guy or girl that now is in the, breaking in the industry. You're going to be that guy or girl now is going, shit, I got a job. I'm excited. And then a year comes by, two years go by, five years. And you look back and you go, holy crap. Like, I'm really loving this. The, the income is coming up. The What you learn, the knowledge is matching that. And now you have options. You have choices. Where you want to go, what you want to do. And now it just grows and grows and grows. I want to see that for you right? All of us in the, you know, cyber and security community want to see that for you. 
So keep coming out, you know, make sure if you're new, you come out to this for the first time, follow us on all our security or our social sites, go in discord, chat with so many people. Like there's great guys in the community. I try to jump in every morning and chat with people. Great guys, experts love to chat, love to share information. We are here to help you. We're here to help you grow in the cybersecurity field. So that's it for today's cyber daily cyber. Don't forget software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber. <laughs>